for the first time I've been working on my own debut album so it's under my name kind of full creative control and I'm calling the album Face Yourself which for me is like just a neat way of culminating like all that kind of experience that I'm trying to put myself more into the uncomfortable truths and you know be allow myself to be more vulnerable you know with myself with my family all in an effort to kind of grow as a person and become a better person over time <laughs> this is the last week liquid podcast Welcome back, everybody, to the Last Week Liquid podcast. Hope you're having an amazing week or start of the week whenever you're listening to this. Hope everything is going great for you guys. Today, I have the pleasure of bringing you my chat with uh, Anastasia, better known as Flo Anastasia. I've been a big fan of hers on a multitude of, of different tracks. Um, the first ones that comes to mind and that we speak about in this episode are Window Light with Telomic. Um, but also the track she wrote with Inmost, uh, the ones with Galaxy and a bunch of others. So yeah, it was great to have her on. Um, she has her own podcast, which is also a reason I wanted to bring on um, and kind of yeah chat about her experience podcasting and what it brought to her. So yeah, in this episode, we talk a lot about her writing process, how she goes about writing melodies, writing lyrics. Uh, we talk about her upbringing, performing spoken poetry, and how that influenced the way she writes and sings today. She also opens up quite a quite a bit about her own mental struggles, uh, self doubt, uh, and things of that nature. Um, and we talked then a lot about yeah journaling, meditation, uh, therapy, and and different different things like that. Um, went quite deep at one stage so I was just yeah really grateful for for her to, to have opened up uh, like that and and just share her experience because I think it's it's one that a, a lot of people uh, might go through at, at one stage or another in their life so really thankful for her to having shared her uh, experience uh, here on the show um so yeah I just really love this chat I think it comes across uh, when you listen to it um so yeah, I hope you do enjoy it as well. Um, quick note to let you know that the second episode of The Rundown, uh, my new show with Aussie, um, where we cover the news and drum and bass and releases, is now out. So go and check that out if you want a more laid back uh, vibe and a casual chat about the, the scene, the news and releases. Uh, but I leave it at that for now. I think this intro is already long enough and I'm trying to make these shorter. So... Uh, yeah, go visit my website lastweekliquid.com if you want to check out previous uh, episodes or anything related to my music and that's it for me so as always, thanks a lot for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed the show And we're on. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Last Week Liquid podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with none other than Anastasia, better known as Flo Anastasia. Anastasia is a drone-based vocalist with releases on labels such as Liquicity, Solvent and Ram, among others, and collaborations with producers such as Telomic, Inmost, ALB and Galaxy. She is also the host of her own podcast, Flow with the Show, where she explores the art of being human with a variety of guests such as Matthews and Winslow. 
You can catch her latest release, Satellites with Synergy, out now on Pilot. Anastasia, welcome to the show. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. I absolutely love everything that you do. So this is a is quite an honor for me. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Um, always attracted to people who have also their podcast. And that's a, a topic I really want to dig into, like the art of podcasting and how you prepare yes. for a podcast <laughs> and, and all of that. Obviously, music as well. Uh, I love pretty much everything you put out. So I obviously want to talk about music, but uh, podcasting as well, um, all of that. So uh, yeah, before Thanks, we jump into all of it, how are, you, how are you doing? How is life for you? Man, um, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, things could be a lot worse, that's for sure. I kind of tried my best to uh, keep gratitude in mind for when I'm feeling in the low moments or, or going through things. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful to say that I am okay. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm doing really well. Uh, I was just telling you my, uh, my wife is just packing her, packing her luggage. She's leaving for a two, two week trip in Greece tomorrow with friends. Beautiful. Um, so I'm very envious, but at the same time, I'll try to make the most of the, out of the two weeks at home and try to make as much music as possible, nice. try to record as many podcasts, all of that stuff. So uh, Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, travel. What's what's that like? I don't even remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, luckily, like we're in, uh, I'm in Dublin. So in Europe, we're, it's a lot easier to travel than I guess Canada. Yeah. It's it's all, it's straight away. It's a big trip, I guess, for you guys. Um, so for us, we're still quite lucky, like an hour flight, you can be in seven different countries, things like that. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot yeah, more straightforward. That's, uh, it's one of my favorite things about uh, sort of the the concept of uh, the area in which you live and that, yeah, you can travel so easily to, uh, you know, different countries and that sort of thing. I often in the past have compared it to like, just to just to get across Canada is so expensive and you're still in the same country. And so um, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely fond of uh, what you guys got going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, um, I, I guess, have you ever been to, to Europe? Have you ever visited? Uh, very, very rarely. Um, one of the trips that I had to Europe was when I was uh, about 12. I was part of this choir in Canada and we had this one trip specifically to sing in cathedrals around Europe. And so we went to uh, Germany, Czech Republic and Austria. Nice. And uh, it was also my first trip as a kid, like without family. So I felt very ah, adult. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I enjoyed my first adult coffee in the hotel, like continental breakfast and felt very uh you know mature yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing <laughs> but uh, I remember it, uh, it was really beautiful um the the one thing that definitely struck me was all that sort of like historic architecture and that sort yeah. of thing um comparing that to Canada Canada is definitely very vast and and I love the nature and that sort of thing but we don't necessarily have these like you know thousand year old yeah, yeah. buildings and structures and that sort of thing <laughs> we've got the history <laughs> yes, exactly. We, yeah. We're trying to make history here, yeah, but yeah. it's all very, you know, fresh and new <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the most part. Yeah, no, we always joke about it. Like Americans, like it's, uh, they're still like very recent countries on the yeah. like lifespan of, of, of countries in, in Europe. Yeah, we're pretty lucky in terms of, I guess, yeah, the monuments that are left over. And I know if you've ever been to Rome, for example, like the the things that are to visit there, it's like amazing mm -hmm. what's what's still around. Um, 
But yeah, no. Yeah, I haven't been there, but it's a very, I'm always, I kind of, I'm very fascinated by like, you know, when, when people discover things from like so long ago, mm. I'm very like the human, the brain evolution. Like it's all, <laughs> it's very like surreal, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, uh, it's probably a taboo topic, but do you have any trips planned or any vacations planned in the, in the coming weeks or months? I don't, to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous about planning anything mm. we're still very much that kind of like oh we're opening up okay no actually we're closing mm. and you know so I know that Canada compared to most other countries in the world has been among the most uh restricted throughout the uh the COVID pandemic so um it looks like things are heading in the right direction and just next week um the gyms are opening up at like 50% capacity so that's a good sign but yeah I'm a little nervous because we were in sort of a similar trajectory last year and then yeah. after a couple of months like things closed again so fingers crossed um but you know there is much to do indoors so yeah. that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good way to to look at it like you i was just commenting jokingly before we started recording <clears throat> that you have a very zen posture and already from what you're saying it feels like you have a very <laughs> zen gratitude uh aspect towards life uh, is that a correct assumption or? Thank you. Um, yeah, for, for those of you at home who can't see, my camera is going to be like cropped in on me, but you'll, I'm like cross-legged yeah. in sweatpants and stuff. So super, super comfy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I do my best to follow like a, a more positive way of life. I think a lot of that came out of necessity from going through things like mental health issues and depression and, and addiction and that sort of thing. And so, uh, I think when I'm at my best, I'm, yeah, definitely kind of maybe exuding these Zen vibes that you might, you might feel, but that's definitely the result of a lot of, of work. And like, I definitely have still, uh, I feel like for all of life might be like this, where you're like maintaining that kind of thing. You're not just like positive and then that's it like yeah. now I'm just gonna be positive for the rest of my life like no every 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 day every time you know maybe something negative happens or whatever like I think it'll be that maybe constant struggle but I do find that things like meditation and um I guess Buddhist philosophies philosophies are very helpful for me personally mm. um when it comes to I guess maintaining that kind of like positivity and gratitude yeah 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 I was speaking with um with stranger Alan, who who you had on the show as well, I th I think he yeah. was your first guest, right? On on, on your yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of my my close friends, and I was super super grateful to have him as my yeah, first. Yeah. He's a super. Guest. <laughs> yeah, he's a super interesting guy. From like obviously his YouTube uh, career, and but then we started talking about meditation as well, and what it brings to him. And I I, I was telling him on that episode that I meditation I, I did it for a few months. And then kind of lost touch with it. What I'm really digging now um, is journaling. That's been mm. helping me like loads. And it took like several months to kind of find the way of journaling that works for me. Mm -hmm. um, but that's been like I've been like suffering like a lot of anxiety and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and journaling to kind of get through to what I'm really feeling and where it comes from has been huge. I don't know if that's something you've ever tried or... 
I'm, well, I'm really glad you said that because, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, I remember I was, I was chatting with a, a friend about this as well who'd recently gotten into it. And I am seeing more and more sort of like the science behind, um, yeah, like writing things out and getting out incessant thoughts from your mm-hmm. mind into just like out of you because it, it, often that is kind of what happens in meditation as well. But, um, yeah, the journaling thing, I guess um, I feel grateful in that it's something that seemed to be something that I guess was very natural for me ever since I was a kid like one of my earliest earliest memories is um aside from like you know kind of playing on a keyboard or making up dances and like doodling and and drawing and that kind of thing um one of my earliest memories is just like always kind of writing in what at that time I would have called a diary because I was a kid yeah, yeah. and it was like, dear di- today at school, Michael said hello <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And then I, I just uh, moved a few years ago and I found this like, just, I have this entire bag of just like all my diaries and journals um, ever since I was a kid. And then, you know, later through high school and like my, my later years, those, journals became more, I guess, um, in some cases, like, I don't want to say like creative writing. Cause a lot of it was still like, it, the majority is kind of like classic journaling, but a lot of those is where I would start to maybe write like some lyrical ideas and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would say more so in the last five to six years where I've been really, really deep into like songwriting and lyric writing, um, for drum and bass vocals, all of my writing is just like a constant, like I can tell you, I have like a memo pad on my phone, like you're just like a native, like whatever notes in your, in your cell phone. And I think maybe at least two or three times a day, like I'll just jot a word or something that comes to me that I'm like, okay, I should write this down. Whether it's like a cool word that I heard and I'm like, oh, that's a cool word. Like, or, or like a concept or even just like a turn of phrase or sometimes it's like one or two sentences that could possibly be a lyric, but Mm. I just have notes of notes of like, random words and and ideas here and there. And then sometimes I'll refer to it when I'm writing lyrics and that kind of thing. I'll kind of see like, what do I have? But, Mm. um, yeah, it seems that the, the experience of getting words out of you is very helpful to the mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I read somewhere recently, somebody said, uh, uh, something along the lines of, uh, the mind, uh, the mind is for having IDs, but not keeping them. So it's wow. like, uh, yeah, that, that really struck a chord with me because it's like your brain is meant to like generate IDs, but it's not meant to like store all of them all the time. Hence journaling I'm, and everything. I'm glad you said that too, because it, it makes a lot of sense. Like for me, I have this sort of incessant need to write things down to remember them. And the people close to my life will know this, that like, if, if I have to remind myself to like, okay, tonight I have to remember to like water this specific plant, I have to write it down. I'll usually like email myself or I use this program called follow up then where if you uh, email yourself, for example, tomorrow, 6 PM yeah. at followupthen.com, it'll like come back to you at that time to like remind you. And so I always say like, if I don't write it down, it won't happen because yeah, your brain just can't hold no, exactly. all those things. <laughs> and you think you might remember them, but then something else will come up that you're also trying to store. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm a very big proponent of like, write things down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, j- j- just bouncing off what you said around like writing like lyrics and, and words, is that usually how you how you go about your songwriting? Like it's always 
like a stream of consciousness during the day, the weeks, and then you go back to them when it's time to write a song? Is that usually how it works? So you'd, you'd think it would be based on what I've said. Yeah. And <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's often why I'm like write, jotting down those random notes and ideas. But I find that like nine times out of 10, what normally happens is if I'm writing and 99% of the time I'm writing to like an instrumental or like a rough music idea. So I'm very rarely ever like starting from scratch. I know that some vocalists will, you know, kind of write some melodies and lyrics and then, you know, shape it to an instrumental or whatever. Yeah. But for me, I'm always writing to music. And so, um, whenever I go through the process of like writing to a song, I'm not looking at my memo pad. Um, I'm usually just kind of in the moment trying to see like what comes up. I'm also a lot of the time starting from a melody standpoint of like, I'm just like singing gibberish or like kind of improvising like various notes. And then once I have something that I think might be a possible melody, then I'll start to uh, see kind of what, what words might fit. It'll usually start from, you know, a couple of like lyrical ideas. And then once I have like a direction, I'll kind of write the song into that direction. Um, but there are times where let's say I've already kind of got a direction. Okay. This song is about addiction, for example, or whatever. Um, maybe I'll have like a few lyrics written out, but then I'll go and consult my memo pad mm. and be like, okay, what kind of ideas do I have here that might be yeah. able to, to fill it in? Yeah. 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 A lot of the things I write down too are also like, I guess like helpful tips that I want to remember. Like what mm. you said about the mind is not meant to like store yeah, or yeah. Like that thing that just blew me away. <laughs> like I might, I might write that down and like pin it to the top of the memo you, you, pad so that you can next use it time when I'm song. at it. <laughs> well, use it. Well, th- I was I was thinking about that. I'm like, ah, is there a way to? <laughs> <laughs> it might be forcing it. I don't know if it's very melodic as a sentence, yeah. but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I'll, I might write something like that down. And so when I'm looking at my memo pad, if it's like pinned to the top, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good point. I should remember yeah. that. So it's, it's might not be something that'll like make it into a song, but it'll be, but it, but it might um, like generate an idea around the concept of, of exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny you say that though, too, because sometimes, because I'm so kind of like obsessed with like words and sound and how words sound like there are really cool words but then I will think like I don't know that if there's a way to like make this pretty in yeah. like a melody so yeah unfortunately I, I do come come to that often but uh yeah. well, words are cool bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely like without words like songs would be very boring but uh well, so, so uh, I've asked this to previous vocalist I had on the show and um it's usually the same answer, but I want to ask it to you also. Um, what's more important, melody or lyrics? <laughs> what, what did they say? Uh, I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, you know, I got to say 50-50 because that is like the magic is in that balance. Like I've definitely teeter-tottered with like you know, sometimes I'll think like, oh, this turn of phrase or this like lyrical thing is like really cool. But then I'm like banging my head against the wall when trying to like fit it into a melody and then have to kind of like let go of maybe this isn't meant to work. And then vice versa, I've got like um, nice melodies, but like I want. So, okay. All right. Here, here I'm going to start rambling. Oh. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. 
Um, I think, I think long story short for me, because you can tell that like, even before, like I was like consciously like writing my own music, like that whole, like sort of the journaling aspect of, of my childhood, like growing up, like that definitely really, really helped me. I think when I was a kid, because like I spent a lot of time by myself, um, came to Canada with a single mom. And so, you know, when she was at work, like I kind of definitely got used to like being by myself, which is, I think why that whole finding creative things to do by myself as a kid, um, was a big part of my, uh, growing up. Um, but so that said, like words have always been really helpful and important to me, same with music. And so I feel that, I guess one of the things that is really important to me is lyrics. And so, um, kind of going back to your question of like, what's more important melody or lyrics? I I have to say both because, (sighs) sorry, I have like a million thoughts that I want to, like, I've never really (laughs) talked about this in depth. So another reason why I'm super grateful to chat with you. Um, but to, (laughs) To put it concisely, um, you don't have to be concise. Like, there's no time limit on this. <laughs> fair. I mean, to to in in graciousness to your listeners, um, <laughs> I just I basically just want to say like lyrics are really important to me, and I think I spend the longest time uh, when I'm writing to make sure that I'm coming up with or to the best of my ability coming up with something that's unique that resonates that doesn't you know I'm not putting it in there just because it rhymes. I'm I'm I want to, you know, yeah, I, I, I ho- hopefully this comes across in my, in my songs and lyrical matter. Okay. Thank you. Uh, at least <laughs> for me. Cause like it's, it's one of my biggest goals. <laughs> yeah. What's that? No, I mean, at least for me, like they speak a lot to me and thank you. Th- there's like specific tracks I want to get into because I just love them and maybe we can just jump into them. But like window light, for example, for me is like, was one of my favorite tracks that came out, uh, Oh, thanks. That came out thanks, last dude. year. I really appreciate that. And yeah, no, I mean, like, Tomic is like one of my favorite producers. And then having the two of you on, uh, on that track, uh, t- tell me about how, how that tra- track came about, because obviously it, it, it was the title track of the EP. Did he already have the title for you? Did that come from you? Like, how, tell yeah. me about it. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, thank you so much, by the way. I, de- I definitely really appreciate that. I think, I- again, why I sort of harp on the lyrical importance for me specifically is because I think you all can tell I don't have like the strongest voice technically. It's not the loudest. It's not like, you know, I'm not doing like Mariah Carey riffs. <laughs> like that's not really like my, my wheelhouse as much as like, you know, maybe one day with 10,000 more hours. But um, I, think, I think that's part of why my objective is to see how much further I can go with like interesting or rhythmic kind of like lyrical stuff, because I feel like if I'm going to excel at something, it's going to be more, maybe something like that than like Mm. a really great singer. So with window light, um, yeah, I I appreciate your feedback, especially because I do, it's, it is one of my favorite tracks and I'm so, so grateful for everything that sort of transpired with that. It's also my first time having like an official music video put to a track. And like, I remember like crying, like the first few times, like I saw it, I'm like, ah, (laughs) thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, so with that track specifically, he did have the title window light. And I think if I'm not mistaken, like, and this happens sort of with most of my projects as well, where, um, 
the producer might already have sort of an existing like suggested title, but nine times out of 10, they'll tell me like, you don't need to stick to this. Like if you want to write something that has nothing to do with this title or whatever it is, um, then, then go ahead. So with that one specifically, he already had it called window light and I was like, oof, mm. that is yeah, that's a, good a title. sweet title. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the first thing that came to mind was I had this, uh, a couple of lyrics that I had written for an instrumental like years prior where the track didn't end up getting finished or releasing, which, you know, happens, yeah. happens quite a bit. But, um, I used to take it very personally. I was like, Oh, that was the best thing I ever written. And it was never released. Like I'll never write anything good again. <laughs> like, so that's a whole other journey. But, yeah. um, I had the lyrics, uh, you opened windows in my mind, you let the light in. And I remember thinking like back, like years back when I wrote that and I was like, oh, this is like, I love this. I don't know. I don't always like love my lyrics, but like that was like, I feel like that, that really meant a lot to me. And so when he had the track already called window light, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is what the (laughs) lyrics were meant for. You can tell I'm very sentimental about these things. Like I sometimes take it too seriously, but, um, (laughs) yeah, that was a really beautiful, like serendipity serendipitous kind of like thing of like yeah now i can just like basically write the rest of the lyrics around that concept yeah and because i honestly i don't remember every single lyric from that song by heart but I it'd do, be w- crazy if you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> might be a bit a, a bit weird but i don't think you you actually say when do you say window light in the song I don't, I'm yeah, glad you, don't. you brought that up actually, because that was one of the, I was going to go off on that tangent and I stopped myself of like that whole thing of like producers will sometimes have an existing name and they'll say, you don't have to write to that. Um, sometimes one of my favorite things to, and this is me just trying to like, like thinking I'm like clever and cheeky where, <laughs> uh, I'll specifically not say the title in the lyrics because it's like artsy that way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, I don't say window light, but the concept is there. And actually, I guess for those of you watching, this is this is the window at, from at which I wrote most of it. <laughs> ah, nice. Okay. <laughs> Looking out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I love I mean, the, I will say sorry, a, a lot of the, uh, I will say a lot of the time that I, I am writing, though, is like not necessarily at home. Um, a lot of the times it'll be like if I'm out walking somewhere and I've got headphones then I've just got like the track on repeat. And then similarly, like if something comes to mind, I'll write it down. Um, sometimes if, if I'm in a car, I might have it playing on repeat as well and just kind of like improvise and stuff in, in that mm-hmm. sense. So I'm definitely not just writing at this window, but most of that was, I think, written right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. The just to stay on that track because again I really love it and uh, I just want to geek out a bit on it but like the, oh, <laughs> the, the the way you you sing as well like the because um, often you'll get like pre-drop like vocals like the vocalist will say something small blank and then drop and the way mm-hmm. you sing like you let the light in and the drop happens while you say it is like so good like I love it <laughs> Um, oh thanks man i just because like we talked about it like two two days ago i was recording a a show with uh, my co-host we do like this new bi-weekly yes i saw yeah yeah new thing and we were talking about your recent track satellites which we can talk about after and i think he he wasn't too aware of you but he listened to quite a few of your tracks before we recorded and he said you had a very 
like um unique way of um of singing in terms of like rhythmics and like mm. moving your like extending sentences into the next uh, section mm. like like that drop for example um I don't know if that's something like you picked up on or that you're conscious of of doing like the way you 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 rhythm your your sentences or is it just like a unconscious process I uh thank you so much for for saying that and please please pass it along to him as well that's uh I, I appreciate that a lot um I I think it's because I don't know what I'm doing for the most part <laughs> that uh I'm definitely coming at it from like call it like an unprofessional uh you know education like I, I never really had an education specifically in songwriting or like lyric writing or even singing for that matter like I sang in some choirs but I never had like a really strong voice and so it was always kind of like background vocals or whatever it was um <clears throat> It definitely took me a very, very long time to get to a place where I feel like I've improved a lot in my songwriting. I think if you listen back to, and please don't do this, but if you <laughs> listen back to like my vocal tracks, like maybe like eight, seven, eight years ago on, on SoundCloud, um, I'm singing like the same four notes over and over without even realizing it. Mm. Um, there's not really, there's maybe some interesting lyrical ideas, but it's not really like there's no kind of momentum in the track. It's not going anywhere. Like the, the songwriting was like super, super amateur. So definitely, um, gives me a lot of gratitude to hear you guys say that mm. those kinds of things. Um, in terms of like the rhythmic aspect. Yeah. I think, I think maybe because I'm coming at it from more of a, like a musician than maybe a singer. Mm. Um, I grew up, uh, playing classical piano. So that was sort of my music education and it was very much like, I had one of those very classic, like, uh, very kind of mean and critical, like Russian piano teachers, oh, okay. where it's like very like <laughs> technical. Yeah. And, um, and so I played piano for about 12 years until the end of high school, did those like conservatory exams and that sort of thing. And then only after that was like the first time I felt like I had free reign to try to like create my own music. Um, before that I had tried like, writing songs and it never really worked out for some reason I don't know um I never felt like I was kind of getting anywhere and it wasn't coming to me um what was coming to me in those days though like in in sort of high school I did spend um a lot of time writing and performing spoken word poetry okay. um something like far in my past that I don't really do anymore because I think like those kind of I guess skills and interests molded into drum and bass vocals mm. but at that time I felt like Like, again, I really liked writing, but whenever I tried to, for example, write, like, because I listened to a lot of hip-hop as well, I'd try to write, like, raps and rhymes to to a to a 4 by 4 beat. Um, wasn't working either, and so I think spoken word poetry gave me that, I guess, rhythmic freedom to explore. Mm. Um, maybe I'm not rhyming at the end of each sentence or or kind of going to this beat, but I could kind of more free-form, free, free jazz kind yeah. of, like... <laughs> freeform kind of like lyrical rhythms and so um I think that definitely uh transformed itself into the drum and bass vocal style but um yeah only after I finished uh playing piano was when I started to try to create my own music and um at that time too I kind of thought maybe I'd be a music producer and I got you know the fruity loops and would try <laughs> to do things and like had super super amateur beats and did not was not good um, got on SoundCloud, uh, and put like little like loops and things there. And like, um, the way that I really got into vocals was like, 
some of those loops had a bits and pieces of my vocal in it again because like I always loved singing but I never really believed in myself that I that like I could never I wanted to be like Britney Spears but I didn't really think I could like do that and yeah. so I thought like oh I, I'll maybe I'll be a music producer and so the production stuff didn't really take off but more and more people started asking me to like from those bits and pieces of my vocals on SoundCloud to maybe like, you know, if they could sample that or like work with my vocals. And so I ended up sort of going more to where the demand went and kind of let go of music production. Cause I wasn't really like a super obsessed with it either. I felt yeah. like for me to like, you know, really go hard at this and get good at it. I have to be like obsessed with it yeah. to the point of like, you know, getting that level. And even a few years ago, I revisited the thought again. I'm like, oh, should I be a music producer? And um, I just felt like, you know, I could spend hours just getting that, what you were ta talking about, like the pre-drop to window light. Like I can tell you that was like hours and hours of like trying different things and like honing the exact timing mm -hmm. and like, when does the consonant come in and like <laughs> all that, like super obsessed, but not for music production. So that's kind of where I started going to the vocals. And yeah, I think just the all those different kind of rhythmicness, rhythmicness, yeah, rhythm, yeah. and musicianship know. kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of coming at it from more of a musician than, uh, than a yeah. songwriter or singer is to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I find, I find it fascinating. And that's like 90% of the reason I started this podcast is to kind of understand people's like journeys and how they came to be who they are today. And, it makes a lot of sense when you talk about it, like coming from the classical background and then doing doing spoken poetry. I, I have no idea what it sounds like, but I can imagine how it influenced the way you're yeah. saying today. And that makes a lot of sense, obviously. Do you, do you have any yes. recordings of those like poetry readings or because I have no idea what it looks like? <laughs> I do. I do. I will probably never put it on the Internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I would do things like... Um, if you if you guys had this in school as well, where we'd have like different assemblies, um, for example, we have a, in Canada, we have a Remembrance Day for like World War Two uh, vibe stuff, veteran commemoration and that kind of thing. And so every November we have a Remembrance Day and back in high school, we would have like an assembly. And so they would do like the, you know, the trumpet salute and like, you know, talk about. World War II and atrocities and, and commemoration and that sort of thing. And uh, I wrote like a, I, I wrote like a spoken word poem specifically for that and would like perform it in front of the mm. school. And like, um, so it's, it's interesting to me too, when I kind of reflect back on that, that I really love like public speaking and I never had like issues like presenting school projects in class or that sort of thing but when it comes to singing I'm so nervous mm. I like my voice shakes like I can't if I'm talking I'm totally fine if I start to have <laughs> to sing in front of people it's like a huge super super nervous about it which is another reason why I was like I don't know if I'll ever end up like making it quote unquote as a singer but I can tell you that like it just it's one of those things where I feel like I have to do it anyway if, yeah, if yeah. not for some like end goal it just seems to be something that I am compelled to do so I'm just gonna keep going with it kind of thing yeah do you do you, do you remember uh like a moment when it kind of clicked for you like singing where you like suddenly felt more comfortable or confident or was it just a slow slow grind uh... that's a great question definitely a slow grind like I don't even know if I'm comfortable at the moment um just because the like the live thing I can tell you that whenever I've had to like 
prepare for any sort of like live singing performance. I can practice it a hundred times and get it to a point where like at home by myself, like, okay, this is like decent. And then as soon as there is like one other person in the room, just it's such a physical like reaction that takes over that. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't like, um, calm my heartbeat kind of thing. And therefore that like makes my voice shake. And then like my whole kind of soft vibe singing goes out the window. (laughs) And like, (laughs) so I'm definitely, I think one of my biggest goals is to get um, more comfortable doing that sort of thing. Um, But in terms of songwriting, um, there wasn't really any particular moment, but I think over time, uh, yeah, just that slow grind of like, trying to get a little bit better each each song each time um I think that I think that's I think that's where it's at I kind of try to live my life in that way as well of like you know I I get really down on myself when I compare myself to other people but if I compare myself to you know who I was yesterday can I do one small thing that will help me become a better person today or, or improve my skill in this area today like that that sort of thing yeah yeah definitely I think that's also, uh, I don't know if that's why you do it, but keeping old tracks on SoundCloud. I'm a big fan of of doing that. And even obviously like keeping them like just private, but being able to listen back to tracks you've written like five, six years ago. I, I love doing that because then all of a sudden you listen to your tracks today and you're like, I'm a genius, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true in a way. It's true. Like you do realize all of a sudden the progress you've made, which is hard to see when you're like, day to day doing it um 100% yeah that's that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah just talk about um uh live performance i i think you performed live last week or t- uh, two weeks ago i think you did a stream um, yes and i think you you had mentioned that it was your like first show in a year or two or something like that yeah How, what, what was that experience like <sighs> Man, um, it was it was great in that it was a great learning experience, and I'm so grateful for everybody that was in the like the live chat that 100% made it for me. Like just all the like love and positive vibes people were coming in. I was honestly a little bit surprised that nobody was like, "Why is this singer so terrible?" <laughs> um, but that's kind of shows you sometimes people. Uh, I mean, the internet will surprise you sometimes. There's no, it's not just like haters. Like there is sometimes um, a lot of kind people out there, but um, it was, it was definitely tough. I think uh, similar to, to what I was saying, where like me and Tier practiced so much and it was like fine. And then in the live, like, just like, I'm kind of out of pitch a lot, out of tune a lot, really pitchy. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the songs are a little bit rough, but what my favorite thing was everything that was in between. So I was having a lot of fun, like with the people in the chat, kind of shouting them out, having laughs, um, doing a little bit of like MC rhymes in between, which again, when I'm like speaking or kind of MCing, like I'm also not as nervous so I can do it, but mm. it's, it's the singing that like, so I, I mean, yeah, you asked me how my experience was like, I definitely was so overjoyed with like the experience of just like the chat but then afterwards I had all this kind of in the days afterwards like especially kind of listening back to the stream where a lot of it was kind of rough in the singing the spiral of like self-doubt and like 
I don't know if I'll ever be good at this. And like, what's the point of like even trying if like, maybe I'm just not meant to do this Mm. and like all of that kind of like spiraling out. And so I think, um, well, I read, I read this book on performance, performance anxiety a few years ago. And one of the things it says is that in order to, well, firstly, it links performance anxiety across all things. So the phenomenon of like that singing is um, the same when it comes to, you know, for example, sports or people yeah. who are nervous to like do business meetings or sex, like all these kinds of things. And a lot of it comes down to practicing specifically under pressure. So, yes, I could have practiced 100 times by myself, but unless I'm practicing yeah. under pressure, I'm not going to get that experience. And so through my negative spiraling, trying to salvage some sort of like positivity or or creation out of it. Um, it led me to think like, okay, the only way I'm going to get good at this is practicing under pressure Mm -hmm. and what I'm going to start doing. And maybe this is an exclusive for your listeners. I haven't announced this yet. Um, I'm going to start doing a more regular, uh, like, uh, Instagram live as well as like a YouTube live where, I'm just, it's just me at home practicing with my vocal pedal the way that I would at like, excuse me, at a, at a stream. Yeah. But I think the experience of like knowing people are watching in real time is going to really help. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, promote it as like, this is me just practicing. This is not a performance. Yeah. I might not be very good. Come chat with me. Cause I do love just like that chat aspect. It's just, it's so much fun for me. Yeah. And I really appreciate like, yeah, just like connecting with people in that way. But then in between the chats, okay, let me practice a song and maybe I won't even get through it. Maybe I'll start over at the beginning again yeah. or like whatever it is. So hopefully that'll help. Um, but yeah, in my spiraling negativity journey, I was also like, well, maybe I'll, I'll be one of those vocalists that live shows are just never in my cards, you know, especially with like COVID and that kind of thing. I can't imagine how difficult that was for people whose like majority of their existing income was like mm. DJing and performing. And so, um, I was like, maybe, you know, this, this isn't the industry to be in anyway. Maybe I should just try to, how can I like, you know, earn a living in, in other ways. Maybe I'll just be like a studio vocalist for life and then do other things. Like it was all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the brainstorming of like, <laughs> Oh, I, I'm crap. Like, how can I do something? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, tear kind of brought me back to earth a little bit and said like, this is something that you enjoy doing. You like doing, um, yes, it's difficult, but usually things that are, you know, your goals aren't necessarily going to be like easy to reach. And that's why it's hard to, uh, you know, reach your goals sometimes because it takes a lot of work. And so, yeah, I think I was just afraid of like knowing how much farther I have to go because before that stream, like you'd mentioned that it was my first time back since before COVID and before that I had only performed maybe three or four times and two of those were at a live show and I think two were on a stream as well Mm. so I'd only had like in a drum and bass capacity I even before that performance was only really a handful of times and so unlike you know studio recordings and writing songs where I have way more hours of practice like the the live practice is like of course I'm not going to be good in my fifth show of course I'm not it was just hard to like acknowledge that I'm not Beyonce. And so I need to just come to terms <laughs> with that, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a high bar to, to put on yourself yeah. if you've done five live shows before yeah. that. And, but I think it's like the eternal curse of, of artists and musicians to be so, so hard on ourselves. It's, it's crazy. And I was talking, I was chatting with, um, 
with Winslow on the previous episode and he obviously just got signed to hospital and yes. he had like huge like nervousness around like his first project for hospital and like what if they don't like it because like when he sent it uh, they didn't get back to him straight away. So same as you, right. like the spiral of negative <laughs> thought of like, okay, if they don't answer, it means they don't like it. They don't like it. So actually uh, they're going to say, okay, we don't want you on hospital anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because it's going to become this public thing and I'm not going to do German bass anymore. And like, you know, all that, all that spiral of like, and then yeah. his EP came out and obviously it's amazing and it's good and hospital wants to keep him and all of that. But it's, I don't know. I, I always find it super uh, like interesting and uh, curious that like you are like one of my favorite drone bass vocalists and to know oh, that you're also you. like uh, facing these struggles I think is in a good sense it's very inspiring for a lot of people who face the same struggles because you realize that at any stage of your progression or career you're gonna still be facing those uh, mm -hmm. Those issues and those, yeah, those feelings, I think. It's such so. a, it's such a balance too, because that was, that was what you said reminds me of another thing that Tyr said to kind of help me reframe how I was feeling, which was, um, if you came out of that thinking you did amazing, that's probably not a good place to be either because yeah. yeah, you do want to be constantly improving. And you also hear those stories of people who got really big and famous and then kind of rested on their laurels and then, you know, that sort of thing. Um, by the way, I'm saying tier a lot. Tier is tier Kahoot. So he's yeah. my vocal engineer. He's also my creative partner on a number of things. And so we, uh, we work together a lot. Um, and he's also a music producer. So if you like neuro funk plug, plug, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. And I'm lo really looking forward to those Instagram live sessions. I think it's a great way to like get more familiar with something and, and just test the waters and like no pressure because you're like setting the stage for like, this is me. Like a lot of producers do it. Like they do live production sessions and they're just mm -hmm. like producing and streaming at the same time and they'll do something and it'll sound like really crap. And like, that's just the way it goes. And there's no reason you shouldn't be able to do that as a vocalist as well, like just practicing tracks right. and um, I don't know, maybe even like writing writing a track while you're. I know. Um, uh, I spoke with Ruth Royal and she used to do that quite quite often. Like she would just jump on Instagram and and cover songs and and sing, and obviously production level isn't perfect because it's like live but yeah I don't know it's yeah it's great I think <laughs> yeah and it's definitely just another I'm, I'm glad that it kind of came out of me feeling like I'm at a really low point because I might not have other otherwise had that idea but I've def I'm definitely in today's internet content world I'm always thinking of like okay how can I um you know create more content that will be like valuable to people how can I connect with people more often um and so that it, it seemed like a a good idea for that. I can also tell you that I've I've done just an Instagram live twice before where it was just like me and my phone and like just kind of like talking to people in the chat and like both of those times gave me so much like energy and excitement and I was like oh like how can I kind of do this more often but instead of just kind of like with a chat like with a little bit more of a purpose and so I've kind of been I hadn't come up with anything and it, and it had been a few months since then and so I'm kind of. I'm glad that this kind of came around to like, okay, I could do that. Yeah. And then also hopefully get better at the live aspect mm. over time. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. 
Um, just jumping off what you just mentioned there about like connecting with people and um, I do want to talk about your podcast, uh, Flow with the Flow with the Show, which Flow is a, a which show. is a yeah. <laughs> uh, those harmonies are like stuck in my mind now. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I listened to like three episodes, like doing some prep for for this chat, um, and uh, yeah, tell me a bit about like that podcast. How how did you come up with the idea? What was the motivation behind it? Um, first guest, all of that. Yeah, great, great idea, great question. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for watching and listening. I appreciate that. Um, it's uh, it's definitely the coming together of a, a bunch of different uh, ideas um, over time. Um, I think the well, I can tell it's sort of a funny aside tangent. Um, when I was in elementary school, I don't know if they do this in Ireland, but uh, I think there was like a yearbook in grade six or grade eight or something okay. where it was like, you know, that thing of like, who's most likely to this yeah, yeah, and like yeah. when who's they're older. Be president to, uh, all yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mine randomly, and this is, I don't, I don't even know how people came up with this, but mine was most likely to host a talk show. Ah, <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> um, premonition. I don't know. Um, but so that, that was sort of one thing I think, um, over time, primarily when I got older, I was definitely a little bit reserved for a time period, but as I got older, um, I, f I'm, people will refer to me as one of those people that can sometimes just talk to a stranger and strike up a conversation, keep a conversation going. Um, you know, even if we don't necessarily have anything to relate to or like whatever, just that kind of like, I want everybody to have a good time. I want to, mm. everyone to feel like they're engaged. So that's, um, a big side of my personality. Um, and then the, the other thing that kind of, um, led to the idea of the podcast was, so, you know, I do a lot of stuff in, in drum and bass with vocals, um, but I do also have a lot of other interests in, in life and, and some skills outside of vocals as well. And so um, I've always just been kind of brainstorming of like, how can I how can I put myself out there more on the interwebs um, and talk about some of my other interests? So like mental health is a big one, um, you know, entrepreneurship, career paths. Those are big ones as well that aren't necessarily um, specifically tied to drum and bass. So the idea of the podcast is while most of my guests so far have been from the drum and bass community, um, because that's sort of like my, my current network, the idea for it is to be something that does reach uh, an audience and and interests and topics outside of uh, drum and bass as well. Mm -hmm. To for me to be able to kind of yeah like show different sides of me um, through mm -hmm. through a content form, while also you know meeting and, and connecting with and talking to different people, and then um, having this other form of content that I can give for free to people on the internet because as as we also know part of the name of name of the game these days as a creator is you know you're always looking for ways to create content yeah. that is valuable for people and um a lot of it for me is wanting to find ways to like as cheesy as this sounds like spread positivity mm. you know talk about things like mental health and things that i'm interested in and so um and then also that whole thing of like i somehow feel way more comfortable talking than i do singing yeah. so it's like also that <laughs> um i think the video editing and the, the audio stuff as well is something that 
um, specifically video editing and like uh, graphic design and that kind of thing is, is a skill that I've been working on over the last couple of years. So it's mm. like all those little tentacles of things coming together. Um, I wasn't initially thinking to start it this soon. Um, but, uh, it was another thing that tier, my partner really kind of encouraged me to get going on as soon as possible. Mm. Um, and so he kind of gave me the final nudge of like, I think you should start your podcast like now. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready. What is mm. it even going to be like, what's it called? Like who am I, how is this going to work? And he's like, just figure it out. Just go, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's been a, it's been a nice, uh, really evolving learning experience over time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with the part of like just starting. And I think that goes for, for everything, but like with a podcast, there's, <clears throat> sorry, there's so many things you can think about and like artwork and name and guests and topics. And you could be like preparing your launch for like years yeah, before, you, <laughs> exactly. before you actually launch it. And at some point you just have to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to schedule my first chat and yeah. dive in and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Do you, do you remember your, so we mentioned your first chat was with a stranger, uh, Alan, do, do you remember like the, your state of mind before that first chat or that interview because I remember mine like vividly um, yeah <laughs> just yeah wondering if you remember that experience yeah 100% um super super nervous um I mean I've been nervous for for each one to be honest as much as I like okay like I meditated that day but like still still nervous was a little nervous for speaking to you as well actually and and leading up to it funny enough I was like oh I'm like more chill about this because I don't have as much to prepare like I'll just kind of be in the moment and we'll mm. chat um but still nervous like the couple hours leading up to it I'm like oh here we go like, <laughs> <laughs> same here same here um, oh. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, with Alan, I, um, especially because it was the first one, I had all these kind of preconceived ideas of how it was going to go and what we we're going to talk about. And then, and then, you know, and then part of the reason I also called it flow with the show is because true to, um, you know, most podcast style where it is a little bit more of a free form conversation, I wanted it to be an exercise for myself in being in the moment going with the flow, flow in the show. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. and so, yeah, I was like, you know, so like prepared with that mentality. And then of course, you know, the, it, like, it was, it was a great chat, but like, even though he was like, you know, he's one of my closest friends, it's still a completely new experience where, yeah. you know, I know that there's a camera. I know that like, I'm, I'm recording, like, am I recording? Is it, is the camera even on right now? <laughs> like, is, you know, and then, yeah. uh, I remember with that one specifically too, I have the vivid memory of like, I remember I was like, okay, this podcast is like, I'm not necessarily going to do like an intro of the person. We're just going to get right into it. And then we started chatting and he's like, do you want to like introduce yourself or should we introduce ourselves? I'm like, Oh yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> like, and so it's like, you know, just the very, very much an exercise and like, yes, I'm just going to roll, roll with it. And then now I do do more of a proper intro as I should. But, um, I was also super sweaty. Like in the, when I look back at that first one, I was like, why am I so sweaty? And so I learned, <laughs> you know, the lighting and then the powder and like whatever. And so it's been a good, it was a really good learning experience. And, and, I, I'm glad that it was also a, a closer friend of mine because, you know, just everyone else I chatted with for the most part were people that I hadn't like met or, or talked to before. And so I thought like, if I was this nervous, 
and, you know, all over the place with a close friend of mine. I'm really glad that he agreed to do that before I then went and talked to everybody else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's it's actually a good segue into one of your latest uh uh, I think it was episode five with Matthews. Um, yeah, and crazy. You, you, yeah, you mentioned a few times, like during the during the episode, that he's like one of your like idols and like references. Oh, I was such a fangirl. It was so. I was like, don't fangirl, don't make him feel weird. It was like, oh, you're great. Like, <laughs> yeah. How is that? Because um, I know my like my equivalent, I guess, would be when I interviewed Faint. Uh, cause he was like one of the first artists I ever right. s- started listening to when I was getting into drum bass and then him yeah. agreeing to come on. And I was like, is this happening? Like I texted yeah. all my friends and stuff like that. And <laughs> I, I showed him a picture before we started recording. I showed him a picture we took with him at a show, like in Belgium, like six years ago, like an wow. after show. And it was like, okay, now we're like chatting for my podcast. And I was like, yeah. it was like, so surreal, like. Tell me about that experience with Matthews. How how was it? Yeah, to- totally surreal as well. Um, so, okay, so this is another exclusive for you, last so week, many liquid exclusives. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, Matthews is one of my favorite producers producers of all time. Um, a few years ago, uh, back when I was starting to record my vocals with Tear, um, we were at that point in time. I was reaching out to a lot of producers that I wanted to, uh, work with and kind of like pitching myself. Um, and it was one of those scenarios of like, I'm going to reach out to literally like 50 people and then maybe one person will get back to me because, you know, I didn't have as many credentials under my belt and I was really trying to put myself out there. And so, yeah, I was reaching out to a bunch of people, uh, trying to get projects going and Tier knew that, uh, Martin was one of my favorite producers. I think Manifest had just come out and I was like, oh, I bought the CD. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And, uh, and Tier was like, you should reach out to Martin. And I'm like, no, 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 he would never <laughs> no work with me. Like I, I need like at least a few more years to like, you know, that that's not going to happen. And he's like, you should just reach out. Like you never know, like whatever. So I reached out and I reached out back then, this was a few years ago in an effort to like, can we please collab one day? Not in those words, but yeah. <laughs> Um, and to my surprise out of like, yeah, like the hundred people that I reached out to, he was one of the people that actually got back to me. And so he said, yes, like maybe we can work on something in the future. So that kind of started the journey. It took a while for us to work on something because he's got so many projects on the go. He doesn't really, as you can tell, like have a lot of tracks with vocals in them. And Mm. so, um, I knew it would be like, even just for him to say like, yes, maybe, maybe in future, I'm like, okay, awesome. Like, I'm not gonna like hold my breath, like maybe Mm. one day in the future. Like, that's great. Um, and so, yeah, I think it took a couple of years, but basically we've been, we've worked on a few projects, uh, over the last I guess like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Nothing's come out yet, but yeah. um, I, w- I would have stay noticed. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but I haven't announced that either, and so that's the sort of exclusive bit for you guys that ah, I have worked sick. with him a little bit. Um, but so that said, like we've you know developed this kind of friendship over time, mm. but we've never spoken to each other live. Like it's been um, you know WhatsApp, maybe some voice notes, maybe email, but we've never like actually chatted, and so. 
it was another thing a tear was like you should ask him to be on your podcast I'm like no I'm not ready like I've been such a nervous wreck in my podcast I'm gonna need like another 20 episodes before I feel comfortable <laughs> talking to him and he's like no you should do it now I'm like okay I'll, I'll ask and and he said yes and it was another one I was like oh it's surreal I'm like oh crap never to talk to him I'm gonna be so nervous I'm gonna make yeah. I'm gonna make a fool out of myself he's gonna <laughs> hate me afterwards like it's gonna be ridiculous and so um yeah, I'm really, really glad I got a chance to, like, talk to him. It was, yeah, it, uh, I babbled the way that I am now, and he took it really nicely, and I, I really appreciate it. But that was the, yeah, whole experience on its own, too. Um, there, there's a lot I can say about that, but it's, yeah, it was, uh, I'm just so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's definitely those kind of experiences that make you want to continue what you're doing, because... I know like a podcast, once you get into the flow of it, uh, pun intended, um, ah, there, <laughs> there's, like some, sometimes there's a, like an aspect that is like work, like editing episodes and mm -hmm. scheduling calls, et cetera. And it's, mm -hmm. it, it's not all like just fun and chatting. There's a lot that goes <laughs> around it. Um, but then you get those, those chats where you're like in the moment and you're like, is this really happening? This is yeah. like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely said a couple of things that I, I mean, I try not to have regrets in my life, but there are a couple of things where I was like, oh, duh, that was a really stupid thing to say. Or like, you know, I went off on a tangent and I said something that I didn't mean to say it in that way, but like, I was like nervous in the moment. And like, so I've been learning a lot about myself through this whole process, which is sort of another, another reason that I think this is a really good idea for me to do just to kind of grow and like yeah. improve as a person because yeah just that whole aspect of like um being in the flow and that kind of thing like I thought I was good at talking to people but the whole the podcast thing is like a whole other thing like I realized like I I say right a lot like every time someone says something I'm like right or like mm -hmm, right. yeah like but like incessantly and then like I forget that it's like also an audio podcast and then I'm like interrupting I've interrupted you a couple of times I'm like my eyes are darting all over the place like it's a there's there's a lot to get better at for sure mm. yeah but it's a it's a journey like I I still listen I, I I listen back to old episodes from time to time and I'm like yeah I got better at this like honestly Good. yeah <laughs> and that's just what you like there's no perfect there's only like better and yeah uh, but yes. yeah no um I've talked about this before like podcasting like brought me so much personally in terms of like connections with people but then being able to chat with people and explore topics and it's something I'd recommend anybody to give a shot if they have an idea or something they want to follow like I don't know I love podcasting <laughs> yeah it's definitely um I I like that it's uh uh becoming a more common format now and into the future and that really anybody can can start this no longer are we in the days of like broadcast television is the mm. only way to produce any sort of like video content and that kind of thing so I think we're only heading more in this direction and I do love that the mm. podcast style gives way for more, yeah, like conversational kind of, uh, format. Um, I know for me, it became, uh, a lot more of a proponent in my life, like during the pandemic. And I, and I attributed it to like, um, because we're like indoors and you're not talking to a lot of people. I felt that like whenever I put on one of my favorite podcasts, um, 
just that like cadence and flow and like hearing voices and hearing a conversation made me feel like I wasn't alone. And, um, and then I'd also maybe learn something or be entertained or like whatever it was. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely been, uh, had a huge impact on me positively over the last uh, year and a half. And, um, it's, uh, it's kind of cool to get into it now. I've definitely learned a lot about myself in the process. Mm. Um, only six episodes in, but, um, Man, uh, so, okay, so I can give you one more concrete example. I've learned a lot for sure, um, but there was one, this is, uh, this is a little personal, but um, in the effort to be vulnerable and honest with you and everyone, uh, which is one thing that I've been working on a lot. Um, so in a couple of the earlier episodes, one of my goals was to talk a little bit more about like, uh, like addiction kind of stuff. And, um, it's something that I've gone through my own journey with that in various forms over the years. Um, it definitely came to a big light during the pandemic. And more recently, I'm now, uh, just over six months, like sober and clean from all substances and that kind of thing. So I don't drink, don't smoke or anything like that anymore. And so thanks man. Um, so that's been a whole journey on its own, but one of the couple early episodes, so I talked a bit about it with Alan stranger, talked a bit about it with Becky safe. So Becky's another person that I was really grateful to have on the show because we've never like chatted directly either, but I've been, um, very positively impacted by her content because she does speak a lot about, um, you know, her sobriety. She's been sober for over two years. And, um, so I felt like I had a lot in common with her and I wanted to definitely have the opportunity to to chat with her. So I was really thankful for that. So through that chat, you know, I talked a little bit about my own experience with things like that. And I even mentioned that I sometimes find it more comfortable to, talk to strangers online about it or you know people but like when it comes to talking about it with like my family or people who are very very close to me I often have it's it's very hard for me to talk about that kind of thing Mm. and a lot of it is like kind of you know how I was raised and I think maybe the also the Russian Soviet kind of culture of like you don't really Mm. like talk about your problems or um like mental health isn't really like a thing and like that anyway. Um, but through talking about it on the podcast, my parents who don't really engage with a lot of like my content or like online presence, but they ended up actually watching those two episodes because I guess like, you know, they knew that I started a podcast and they were curious and it's on the internet. And so they watched those two episodes and they're like, what were you talking about when it comes to like this kind of like addiction stuff? Like a lot of it is stuff that they don't explicitly know about. Mm. And so the experience of doing that podcast then made me sort of confront more with my family and like opened up that conversation. Mm. And I wanted to, yeah, like it revealed some stuff to them. And then I wanted to, you know, have some follow-up conversations to kind of clarify with them. And so through that process, they've gotten to know me a little bit more, it's been very uncomfortable as things usually are when they're like hard to face or when the truth is like not convenient or like whatever. But I'm really glad that happened because yeah, I'm just, I am trying to live more of a, 
uh, like an honest life, like honest with myself and with the people around me of like, if I'm facing issues, um, I'm not like a deceitful person. Like I don't, I don't lie to people, but I do like hide like thing, like certainly with my family. Um, and even, even with myself, sometimes I don't acknowledge to myself that like, this is an issue or I'll just kind of like maybe ignore it. And then over after years of ignoring things like, you know, that they they don't go away, they get, they get kind of worse. And so I will segue that into, um, (laughs) so, um, I'm coming out with my uh, debut album after years of doing uh, vocal features where I'm like doing vocals for other people's projects. For the first time, I've been working on my own debut album. So it's under my name, kind of full creative control. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling the album Face Yourself, which for me is like uh, just a neat way of culminating like all that kind of experience that I'm trying to put myself more into the uncomfortable truths and, you know, be, allow myself to be more vulnerable, um, both, you know, online showing people who I really am. And then, you know, with myself, with my family, all in an effort to kind of grow as a person and become a better person over Mm. time. That's amazing. (laughs) That's, (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm so, I'm so happy for you that like podcasting as like simple as it may sound brought you yeah like that opportunity and yeah. and enabled you to to do that uh yeah that's amazing i'm i'm super happy for you i i know Thanks, those man. those conversations must be like really hard to have um yeah. i'm going yeah. through a <laughs> like slightly i guess similar process of of opening opening up a bit more to people around me I've started going to, to therapy for like a month now for anxiety awesome. and like a lot of stuff that you just said really echoed with me of the people closest to you are sometimes the hardest people to speak to mm-hmm. and and stuff that you keep inside like doesn't go away it just stays there and it builds up and as you said you have to face it one day or the other or it's just gonna like burst out and that was the case for me and yeah through the podcast I've managed to talk a bit about it but I'm trying to do more of it um journaling has helped a lot but uh yeah I, I yeah I didn't have a follow-up question I was just yeah no, really echoed what you you said that's great for you man honestly I I am a huge advocate for therapy if anybody has the opportunity to do that I think it's important for everybody I don't think you have to necessarily have blatant, you know, like issues in order to do that. Um, I see it very similar to like physical exercise, meditation, like all these kinds of things to maintain good health and mindset. Um, I think therapy can be like a huge, huge help for that. I will also say for people who might be a little bit skeptical of it. I think sometimes it comes down to finding the right person. Like not every counselor is going to be somebody that you think is the right fit for you. And that's, that's fine. There's also different forms of therapy. There's different styles of counselors. Like, um, I think it can be a huge, huge help. And, um, I'm really grateful and and happy for you that you've, you've taken that step because, um, yeah. And I, and I hope it helps. And, uh, Yeah. Just echoing what you said, like it, like for me, it, I've, I'm only like a month into it, like weekly sessions, but it's been like life changing is a bit cliche to say, but it's been like huge for me, like absolutely Amazing. huge. And 
and coming back to journaling like journaling on the back of those sessions has been like immense like the number of things I'm starting to like discover about myself but just coming back on what you said like it's like my first therapy experience was with somebody else and it was just one session and it was a disaster like (laughs) (laughs) and you have yeah it's it's it takes time and it, it took me a bit of time to find like the right person and but once you find it and once you find that person and you can work through whatever issues or struggles you have it's uh, for me, it's amazing. It's just like personal experience, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I also see it as like, it's not necessarily that you're going to necessarily like learn something from this person. Like I think even just the experience of talking out or, or kind of being given a space or yeah. encouragement to just like talk things out, I think is already helpful in in, a, in the way that journaling could be as well with you know you're literally trying to get thoughts and feelings out of you in in this way and so I think even just that experience Mm. might be I think cathartic for a lot of people that maybe aren't as talkative in their normal lives or like whatever it is so um yeah definitely encourage you to keep going man that's awesome thanks (laughs) yeah no it's uh it's been hugely helpful and it's uh Sometimes you just need that person in front of you who can just ask the right questions. Mm. And it's it's not about, like, I realized she barely talks during our sessions. Like, I'm mm. talking all the time and she just asks, like, oh, what about this and, and that? Mm. And it just s- makes you think about a lot of things that you wouldn't think about otherwise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, closing that, uh, <laughs> that tangent. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, like, super happy that, like, podcasting has helped you with those discussions and and opening up. Um, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's funny that it has it definitely in, in so many unexpected ways. And so I'm just, I'm really glad that I kind of went in with the objective of like, yeah, I just want to create these kinds of conversations. I want to also improve myself as a human and it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of manifested in all of these learnings that I (laughs) did not even really expect to Mm. have so um it's been quite a journey (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely um slow slowly gonna gonna wrap this up um but you you did touch on your your project and I thought it would be a a nice way to to close this off so you announced uh a few weeks back your your first uh not solo project because there's going to be other obviously collaborators, but your own project under your own name yeah. with the the first track that 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 came out came out and remix yeah. competition around it and all yeah. that. So t- tell me a bit about that project, how it came to be. You you mentioned it a bit there, but um, what else can you tell me about it? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, so so yes, yeah, so I the the album is going to be coming out in. Uh, in the late fall, uh, on Toronto label Deviant Audio, so that's Strange's label. Um, I've released so far one single, and that's a collaboration with Tier Kahoot. The track is called Sending Signals. I am wearing the shirt. If you can oh, see yeah, behind I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> merch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, having to try to promote myself in ways that I'm uncomfortable with, but no, please yeah, support if you can, gotta um, do it. <laughs> if you want, um, <laughs> no pressure. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, so the, uh, this single sending signals, 
um, is also the focus of a remix competition that we've just launched. Um, the deadline is August 4th, so you will have plenty of time if you're a music producer that's ever wanted to work with my vocals. Um, this is the first time I've ever done a remix competition, so I was really, really excited about that because I've always kind of wanted to see what like remixes and people's creative spins might might sound like in this mm. kind of context and so super super excited for that um the second single is uh a cl- oh here's another exclusive i haven't yes. announced this yet all right <laughs> so you're getting all the juicy goods um i haven't announced this yet but the second single is um super super grateful for this is a collab with nympho and oh, wow. that's coming out end of august um been an absolute honor and delight to work with him um and that is called river flows and nice. Nobody even knows the title of that either. So I'm just kind of dishing and gabbing. You've got me opened up here. <laughs> yeah, this is thanks. my therapy. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, definitely watch out for that. And I will also say, this is sort of later down the line, but just as a little bit of a seedling tease. Um, if you've also ever wanted to work with my vocals, uh, I have been working on my first ever vocal sample pack. And so that's going to be coming out nice. uh, probably in the new year, but um, a lot of work behind that one. So I'm putting all my creative juices and lyrical rhythmic memo notes and everything into it. So um, yeah. I'm also going to have a couple of, um, not a couple, I'm going to have a bunch of uh, like piano sample kind of stuff in there as well for my piano background. So it'll be all flowing, flow Anastasia <laughs> vibes. Like, <laughs> uh, that's great. I was, uh, is it, it's a question I had, like when, when is the sample pack coming? Cause like for vocalists, that's quite a common avenue to explore to like sh- share your vocals, but also like just monetize and, and generate income. So, uh, yeah, I know it's cool that you're working on that. Is that is that kind of wrapped up or is are you still working on it? Oh, no, I'm definitely in the thick of it. I'm basically okay. not really taking any vocal projects at the moment because I'm putting all my beans and marbles into into that basket for now. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a lot of work ahead of me in the next uh, sort of six months, but that'll probably be uh, released in the new year, maybe like Jan, mm. January, February, most likely. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely uh, resonate with your, what you're saying and how that's kind of a a good avenue I've never done this before so it's something new for me I kind of thought about it in the past and I had my reservations but um uh stranger Alan uh really encouraged me to to think about that and so um he gave me a lot of good reasons of why I should do it and I also felt like I've gotten to a place where because I have a number of sort of collaborations and and releases on labels that I've always dreamed of releasing on it's kind of like this the next natural step of like okay, what can I do that's still writing songs and recording vocals and doing all the things that, um, you know, I've really tried to hone, but in a way that can reach even more people. And I found Mm. that like, I'm not able to work with everybody that asks. Um, I just don't have the, the time for it also because I'm all of my vocal projects I record with Tier Kahoot. And so it's not just my time, it's his time in the yeah. studio. You know, we're processing the vocals, we're doing effects. Um, sometimes we're filming like behind the scenes stuff too. So it's just a lot of like both of our time. And so because I can't work with everybody, I was like, okay, well, this is a way that I can make my vocals uh, available to more people. And um, it's going to be in some other BPMs as well. Mm, so not nice. just drum and bass. And uh, yeah, so hopefully that's something that can bring value to people. Um, if not, hope you just continue to enjoy the music. The Hopefully <laughs> you get good vibes from my stuff. Um, the podcast, the videos, the 
silliness. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, the, you, you, you've mentioned a, a few things there, but uh, yeah, I usually close off with anything you want to, you want to plug. So yeah, you mentioned the, your, your, your EP coming sample pack. Um, where can people reach out to you? <sighs> check out the, the podcast your merch all of that yeah thank you um yeah and definitely the the remix competition as well very excited for that huge prizes huge prizes yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> um so the the best way um all my links and stuff can be found on my website flowanastasia.com so f-l-o-w a-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A.com. Um, that'll have all my merch, links to my social media, YouTube, um, everywhere. But I'm also Flo Anastasia on Facebook, Flo Anastasia24 on Instagram, Flo Anastasia on Spotify. And uh, lots of love to you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> great. It was, yeah, great having you on. Um, really, really enjoyed this chat. Uh, and uh, I hope you did too. So uh, thanks too, a lot for yeah. coming on and uh, all the best for the release, sample pack, your podcast, all of that. Thank uh, you so much. Wish you all the best. This is really awesome. Thanks again for having me on. I love to talk and I really appreciate having the chance to talk to you as well and get to know you a little bit more. I think what you're doing with the podcast is amazing. Wish you all the best with your music. Thanks. And uh, yeah, just uh, you're, you're a great person. So thanks for everything you do. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to everybody listening, sending you lots of love. And uh, take care. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.